The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. It's Sunday, November 22nd. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. The crew in the studio. My name is Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. Hey, Derek. Good morning. And Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning, Danny. How are you this today? Uh, stressed but blessed. How about All that? All right. There you go. You know, I think that's a really a good way to look at the market. I think the market's a little stressed, and it's acting like it has a little bit of fatigue going back from lockdowns to reopening trades. Uh, so all eyes for sure were on the equities markets, and more importantly, the distribution of the vaccine certainly took up a lot of the airspace this week. Yeah, we had another uh, vaccine Monday, if you will. There was great data from Moderna, 95% effectiveness. Uh, Pfizer subsequently then revised their effectiveness ratio also to 95%. Uh, so that's very good news, and obviously the question's continue about how long it will take to get that vaccine out and broadly available to the public. So basically what I see is we're in a balancing act, Dave, in the next few months. We have, you know, a slowdown in the economy driven by selective shutdowns around our country, just like we saw in Europe. But at the same time, we also have the belief that once we see a vaccine, there will be enormous pent-up demand in, in areas like airlines and cruise ships and the rest uh, as as we hopefully return to some level of normalcy. Uh, yeah, and I totally agree with that. And when I talk about having fatigue you know some people are getting some people are unsure of how to invest here in the short term about a lockdown trade or reopening trade and i would my answer there is clearly are you a short-term trader or a medium-term investor because we're going to see a vaccine we're to have, we may even have distribution yet in 2020 and think about it past april into the summer and into next year and all that demand comes out i think the trade then is a longer term trade even though we're going to have some bumps in the road from here to there oh absolutely in fact I I think I noticed, you know, from the time of the first uh, vaccine results were announced, you know, the stay-at-home stocks, which had done fabulously well up to that point, you know, basically got sold off, and we saw the market rotate towards, you know, cyclical value companies like airlines, uh, restaurants, and the rest. And those valuations obviously become very attractive. And historically, when you see this kind of shift, and it was a record shift that one day, it tends to persist because, you know, I, I know as a former mutual fund manager, you know, people like to hold what's working and get rid of what's not, I feel fairly confident in saying that most institutional investors are underweight in things like financials and, and cyclicals, broadly speaking, and certainly the value managers who had a, really had a horrible decade are probably due for some period of, of respite here. And so what you're seeing is a rotation. So the money is not leaving the equities market. It's not going away. It's being sloshed from one side of the washing machine to the other. And that is really the way you have to think about it. And that's the reason when we build out asset allocations, we do have exposure in some of the underweighted sectors, but you talked a little bit about some of the reopening trades. Small caps are starting to participate as well. Yeah, the small cap, the Russell 2000 hit a new new high for the first time in 588 days, which just gives you a sense of how far down uh, those stocks had, had come. And, and generally speaking, there has been a broadening out. We have over 90% of the companies in the S&P 500 above their 200-day moving average, which is a generally a longer-term trend. So 
the, the market isn't all about the FANG stocks anymore. There are lots of opportunities in other sectors. And, and the key to our performance going forward, just like anyone else's, is really ferreting, ferreting out where the real value exists. Not just buy stuff because it's down, but buy stuff because but that's down and inappropriately so given normalized earnings going forward. And talking about asset allocations, let's just assume for the argument here that there's a 60-40 split. And of course, we talked a lot about the 60%, which is the equities part, but the other side of the portfolio is the fixed income, cash, and gold, and gold had a nice run lately. And you think about the other side of the asset allocation, the 40%, we're talking about fixed income, cash, and gold, and I think you should pay attention to some of the, the gold trade lately. The gold trade was interesting. It, it, it really was very strong during the summer, and over the last several months, as we've seen this rotation, you've seen money come out of gold sort of grudgingly as, as Bitcoin, for example, has surged to, to new highs for the year. But but the gold, the fundamentals on gold are kind of interesting because you do have a very accommodative Fed. You have the, the prospect of more fiscal stimulus. You have large lots of deficit spending and you have the, the, the setup for potentially a weaker dollar. And because gold is priced in dollars, a weaker dollar tends to lead to higher gold prices going forward because it's cheaper for overseas buyers. So gold is something that can belong in a portfolio. I, I personally prefer dividend-paying stocks, the gold mining stocks. There are any number of them out there. you got to do your research. They tend to be somewhat expensive on a P.E. basis, but that's the time you like to buy cyclicals is when the P.E.s are high. Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. We got them for the rest of the half an hour, so stick around for that. How can we help? Bet we can know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust, one team, investment planning all under one roof, one plan. It's yours and yours alone. One fee. We are a fee-only fiduciary. Start today at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. It's time for Ask Annex. As always, get a question, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. Our first one's from Phil. We passed another headline milestone, the election. What's your view on the markets now? I mean, during the past few months, we've talked about the Fed being accommodative. Don't fight the Fed. We've talked about fiscal stimulus in an unprecedented fashion. The real wild cards were the election, which I think has resolved in a way that ought to generate good returns for investors going forward, a, a divided uh, Senate and House and a Democratic president, typically good returns. And and also, um, we have the seasonal strength that you typically see between now and the end of the year and certainly really into April. So the momentum is certainly positive. High yield spreads are suggesting the economy's on strong footing. Areas of the market that had lagged, you know, more cyclicals, epicenter stocks, if you will, are starting to find a base. So the, raw, the rally's been fairly broad. The only caution I'd have is the sentiment levels are very high. They're in the 94th percent so what I am saying may in some ways already be reflected in current prices. So again, I think you want to be tactical. Don't just chase up stocks. Think about what you're doing. Look for areas of the market that are underexploited and cheap and rebalance. Next question from Devin. If the Democrats are able to win control of the Senate in the runoff elections, January 5th, is the risk of tax increases still on the table? 
if the Democrats win both of those seats, and by the way, Kelly Leffler, uh, she's married to Jeff Sprecher, who is a UW graduate and uh, the president of ICE and the New York Sox Exchange. So uh, interesting, we're, we're paying attention to that. But if they would lose both, if the Republicans lose both, then of course the vice president is the tiebreaker. And then of course, we would think that tax increases would be part of that. The only problem would be, do you do that under an economic stressful situation? That would be the one conversation. But if the Democrats control the Senate and the presidency and the House, I would say that tax increases are forthcoming. Next one from Randy. Are continuing claims declining because people are exhausting their 26-week benefits? No, not really, Derek. I think it's really that some people have gotten back to work. We had 22 million people unemployed at one point. We still have 11 million, which is still a tremendous number. I think it's a combination of both. We are seeing more people go back to work, but we're also seeing more people that are permanently unemployed. And what happens is after 26 weeks, if you exhaust your unemployment benefits during the pandemic, you can go to another form of unemployment insurance. I can't remember the an acronym for it off the top of my head, but that could be contributing to that as well. Again, fiscal stimulus is needed because we still have almost as many unemployed as we did at the height of the financial crisis in 08 and 09. You know, and one of the things that went with all these conversations, you mentioned something which is really important, which is tactical weighting. When we create a portfolio, we have these core holdings which represent some type of asset allocation. Let's just say it's a 60-40 split or a 70-30 split. And then around that core are tactical holdings. And that really is an opportunity for us to overweight or underweight a sector, a country, a theme. And we do that often. And that is why it's so important to know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. If somebody just sits still, that's a big issue for them, isn't well, it? Well, you know, set it and forget it really hasn't been the best theory. That is the reason why you have opportunities to overweight or underweight. That's Ask Annex. Got one for us. Uh, we'd love to get to it. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. And in the meantime, hit that Get Started button. Get going on that free portfolio analysis, uh, especially now from a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News, joined by Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Danny. It's that time. It's open enrollment for Medicare. Ends December 7th. Millions of seniors receive health care through Medicare. But according to some, there are misunderstandings about the program. Let's hit some of those top misunderstandings. And the one of them is, is that Medicare comes in several forms. And that's true. Yeah, it's definitely true. I think misunderstandings, I think because it's a government program, I think that's why. But it's health insurance but that's called Medicare, right? Parts A, hospital B, outpatient, part D, drug coverage. Those are the usually the three features that people know. Sometimes folks want more coverage than that, so they'll choose a Medicare supplement insurance above and beyond that. And then you can also go the, the private insurance route where you subscribe to something that's referred to as part C instead of parts A, B, and D, or Medicare Advantage plans are called. You can choose the, shall I say, the Honda or the Cadillac version of these, and it's up to you how much you want to pay in premiums and how much coverage you want. Misconceptions about Medicare, and one is is that Medicare isn't free. <laughs> I would imagine that maybe means that once you pay your monthly premiums, I think people may think that everything else is covered. That's definitely not the case. Just like regular health insurance, when you're not on Medicare, same thing. You have levels of things you still have to pay for after the Medicare does its part. And also for higher earners, your monthly premium can be higher. So the regular Part B premium you know, that you pay each month is around $144, $144. It goes up in increments of about $40 as you meet higher levels of income, either filing singly or filing jointly. Some of our tax planning that we do is trying to uh, help you stay within your uh, monthly premium. You know, that 144 is the base. So we try to uh, look at clients and their income each year and to help you keep your Medicare 
expenses as down as little as possible based on what you earn and that sort of thing. So that's something that we do speak with our clients about on an annual basis or even more than that. Medicare Open Enrollment is on. It ends December 7th, covering some of the possible misconceptions about the program. Another one is that Medicare doesn't cover everything. Yeah, hopefully um, people are aware of this or they'll find out if you haven't gone through the process. But things that are not covered often are dental care, eye exams, hearing aids, long-term care for folks. So the majority of people are going to have these expenses in life. You definitely need to understand that and plan to get the extra supplemental or maybe the private Medicare Advantage plans to cover, you know, what you need based on your situation. True or false, enrolling late in Medicare makes it more expensive. Yeah, you have that little window when you turn 65, if you're not if you're not still working and on a different insurance plan, then you have three months before and three months after to sign up and register and commit your money to the plan. If not, there is a surcharge that is not changeable if you do it late. A bad mistake to make. If you've got questions, Annex can help. We've got teams in place, and we can handle your Medicare questions as well as your comprehensive financial and retirement plan. We've got elite full-service wealth management experience for you, designed just for you. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Danny. Good to talk to you. Hey, what are solo agers or elder orphans, and what are their challenges when it comes to navigating retirement planning? We'll tackle that next on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Hit the Get Started button. Start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We have clients who are part of huge families. Some are traditional families. Some are blended families. And then there are single clients who turn to Annex Wealth Management for the same kind of investment and retirement planning as everyone else. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA, joins us to talk about them. Hello, Deanne. Well, hello, Danny. To start out, I'm not sure I like these descriptive names, and we've searched elder orphans, solo agers. It's older people without spouses or children. Well, Danny, you know, as the baby boomers age, we're starting to hear more and more the phrase elder orphan, solo ager, and what it really is describing are older single adults with no children living alone. In either case, this is a population of older people who don't have a safety net if they need support, and that support could be physical, social, or emotional. And actually, 22% of older adults in the U.S. are in this category or at risk of being there because of loss of a spouse or divorce, or they simply never got married and they're now facing the future alone. They're socially and physically often isolated. When I first read about this category, I was thinking about who I know. Yeah. Holy cow, there's a whole lot more people than I thought. Well, there really are. There's actually an Elder Orphan Facebook group with 8,500 members. And, you know, technology is helping this group also. There are YouTube videos, Facebook groups, video chats for real-time socialization. There are now devices and apps to monitor daily health information. And, of course, as we age, we have telemedicine doctor appointments. So, you know, it's not just COVID. It's the advances in technology that have opened up other ways for us to socialize and get what we need. But there are 
are challenges for elder orphans, and again, don't like the name, I know. Uh, but they can certainly be addressed through proper planning. 70% of them that were surveyed said they had not identified a caregiver who would help if they became ill or disabled. That's the real issue. It is, because many of these people don't live in close enough proximity to relatives, and in many cases, those relatives might be distant relatives. If it comes down to it, those people, though, might be called on to assist, if they can, uh, with the elders' care. They may also be faced with identifying health care and financial powers of attorney, and they may feel stuck not knowing who to identify. They may feel they don't have someone who easily comes to mind who they can name in these documents. But it is important because as they become sick or incapacitated, those documents help the doctors understand your wishes, and you need that health care power of attorney. How do you find that health care power of attorney or the financial power of attorney if they're not within your family? Right. So needless to say, finding someone you can trust is an essential part of this process. And for some people, maybe they have siblings, but they're aging as well, right? Often I see nieces or nephews slated for those tasks, mm. sometimes friends. And in terms of financial POA, there really are also independent fiduciary who, companies who can act in that particular capacity. It's important to find someone for the health care power of attorney who can represent your wishes in terms of important life-sustaining decisions. Okay. Let's say somebody's in their 50s. Mm -hmm. They've been perfectly content with being single. In fact, they might have thrived doing so. Right. So what in their 50s should they be considering for the future? Well, first, they, they have to be sure they have a financial plan in place, Danny. Understanding that they have enough money for their retirement expenses and the future, maybe stress testing it in case there was a long-term care situation, right? And in terms of envisioning their future, think about what you've seen in terms of your own aging loved ones at what point did they need assistance now interestingly while having enough money to last and having a secure financial future rates of course highly amongst concerns in recent surveys what actually rated higher were concerns that aging people had about depression, anxiety, loneliness. Many elderly people rely on their family for social interaction as well. Well, sure. And in a COVID world, they're stuck at home. They're really being careful and they don't, maybe they just don't have the people that they can call on. That's a problem. You know, and you hit a really great point, Danny, because many people do actually still want to age in place in their homes, but they need to consider then seniorizing, I call it, their living space, like removing rugs, you know, are there grab bars? Is the hallway big enough for a wheelchair if need be? Is the lighting sufficient? And then definitely building and maintaining a social network, practicing healthy habits with our eating and regular habits. And, you know, consider how you will do everything for yourself. Or actually, if you want to eventually consider alternatives like an age-in-place continuing care community. Now, age-in-place facilities are gaining in popularity for single adult people, and they're appealing on many levels, not just caregiving including social activities and events. Often they'll start with independent housing and there are different levels of care offered when that person becomes less independent. I have these discussions many times candidly with our clients at Annex who are single. These people are single. How important is having an actual estate plan? Well, you know, priorities for solo agers should definitely include completing their legal documents and financial plans. In fact, as a planner, I've worked with single people who put this off and didn't really care what happened to themselves or their assets and stuff after they passed, and so they put off planning. However, when they wanted to move into any kind of independent age-in-place complex, they actually, their hand was forced. They had to have basic documents in place, and sometimes their 
previous lack of planning led to a rush to get something in place. And that's stressful. It's not good. And it's not good to make rush decisions. Right. As a fee-only fiduciary, Annex Wealth Management can help. That includes considerations when one is single with no children or ready support. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Well, thanks for having me. We'll be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Hit the Get Started button. Start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. One team, one plan, one fee. Is your advisor fiduciary? If they say they are, get it in writing. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsk is here. And Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, there's certainly a number of risks that we can talk about that really exist right now. Obviously, the virus uh, is at the top of the list. But the fact that there's a vaccine coming and maybe more, AstraZeneca looks like their uh, trial are positive as well. And so we'll start to see that come out. And so you have to think out a number of months, maybe into the first and second quarter, but there certainly is another risk there in the first and second quarter, a slowing down in the GDP. J.P. Morgan said it could even be negative in the first quarter. That's that's absolutely right. I mean, we've seen a little bit of weakness in the jobs data recently. We saw some in the personal income data, and we saw some in consumer confidence as well. So again, you know, the Fed has been accommodative, but we need a fiscal stimulus package as an income replacement vehicle for the 10 million that remain unemployed. And we're really talking about the service industry, those folks in the restaurants and airlines that really are are suffering. And so we look at that as well, but there's no doubt all eyes are on Georgia on both sides of the aisle. And the Republicans certainly think that if they do lose both, and they don't think they're going to lose both, they think they're going to win both of those seats. But if they lose both seats, the tax planning is going to get really difficult. So lots of pain a lot of attention will be paid to what is happening with those Senate runoff seats in Georgia, and that is an obvious statement. But there is some things that we can hang our hat on, some positives uh, that we look forward to, and the Federal Reserve is certainly at the top of the list. Oh, absolutely. Interest rates remain historically low. Uh, the Fed has said they won't raise short-term rates until the unemployment rate gets closer to 4% from 69 currently, so that's obviously a positive. Uh, Jerome Powell also recently said they have any number of other things that they could do if they needed to in order to support the the economy as we as we migrate towards normalcy and then finally when you look at the relative valuations of asset classes, when you put a, the 10-year treasury at under 1% and compare that to dividend-paying equities, that, whose dividends you believe are safe, you get a much better deal. So that tends to support uh, the, the dividend-paying equity stocks as well. So that's you know a good environment. Yeah, the other thing that we certainly want to look at besides uh, the fiscal and, and, and the Federal Reserve is, of course, valuations, and we pay a lot of attention to that. And right now, some of it looks stretched, but there certainly is opportunities that people can find when they look throughout the industry. No, that's that's true. I mean, I, you know, the tech 
technology sector, the valuations there dramatically increased uh, during the pandemic. You know, as as we accelerated trends that were going to take place over a lot much longer period of time, stay at home, artificial intelligence, and the rest. Uh, you know, increased semiconductor content all over the place. But there are other areas of the markets, like in financials and energy, where you've actually normalized earnings. Those two sectors do look uh, pretty appealing. There are some structural issues they face. Obviously, the composition of the administration, who was the Treasury Secretary, for example, could affect how those sectors are treated by investors. But generally speaking, there there are pockets of opportunity, and we saw that in the past couple of weeks. As an example, in the last 10 days, the energy sector was up 20%. Regional banks up 12%, small cap value up 9 at the same time that the S&P was only up 2%. So clearly a rotation towards areas of the markets that hadn't participated during the pandemic, which has led to a much broader, healthier rally in many ways. There's no question right now, Danny, is the opportunity to go through your portfolio and understand what you own. And the reason why we spend so much time is because the facts and circumstances change. Obviously, the political landscape has shifted, and you need to go through your portfolio and go, is it headed in the right direction? Do you know what you own? Do you know why you own it? And do you know how much you're paying for it? It's very important. Annex Wealth Management is a Barron's Top Advisor a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. They're on the Top 100 Wealth Managers list on RAAChannel.com and a fee-only fiduciary partner. You can do it quickly on a weekend. Head to our website. It is AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Started button. We can meet in person. We can use Zoom. That's no problem at all. But get things going. We want to get you into 2021 and definitely pointed the right direction with Annex Wealth Management. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.